162 of Film Night. My name's Jack. My name's Henry. And my name's Joe. And this week we're going to be talking about The Devil All the Time, which is available for your viewing pleasure on Netflix. How are we all, gentlemen? Splendid, boys. Good to be back. Been a while, hasn't it? Been a few weeks. It has Hadn't actually, been. yeah. It's, we were getting into a really good rhythm and we've just struggled a bit recently, but um, mm. yeah, great to be back. And mm. uh, keen, keen listeners will be uh, noticing straight away that Mr. Richie Withers, your usual host, is not with us this evening. And that is because, sadly, he is ill, not with COVID, we can assure you. However, he is feeling under the weather. Mm. So uh, that is the reason for his absence. But I'm sure we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel we'll, like, we'll do our best. I feel like Rick, Richie's sort of, you know, we've grown up through through Richie's sort of leadership on the podcast. He's guided us, hasn't <laughs> he's he? guided way, us yeah. and he's, he's, he's got us this moment now that we can, he's allowed us to get behind the microphones when he's not here. Um, mm. Because, I mean, how many, he has been on every single episode, I think, bar how many? Two or is this bar, the third one? I think two. I think this third. is the third, he's third one he's yeah. missed. Third one. And the only reason we know that is because of uh, that incredible quiz he put together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I, I mean, I know he's not missed many, but at the time when he told us that, Christ, that's commitment, that. But yeah, we'll have to make do. But I, it's good to know that he trusts us because he could have easily mm. said, oh, well, let's record next week. But no, he's given us the reins. And yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm excited because it's a quite an interesting film we've got to discuss, boys. Ooh, just a yeah. little bit. Yeah, <laughs> slightly. But, but, just ever so slightly, yeah. <laughs> but before we get into that, as is tradition, do we have any... Any anecdotes or how we'll do in any any stories? No, mate. I'm really. very boring life. I'm living at the moment. Just yeah. work, revision, repeat. <laughs> that's yeah. That's all I'm doing. It's just very tedious at the moment. Um, mm. Got some exams yeah. coming up. So um, yeah. right. When yeah, are they? So... When are they going to? Are they coming up? Sort of November or November. Start of November. Yeah. Right, not long then. So yeah. I, no, not long. But I've been doing quite a bit of work. So. Mm. So it'd be all right, um, and then treat myself to the odd film every now and then, really, mm. a, on the on the evening. So, yeah, yeah, nothing really to report. My friend, it's a bit a bit boring and dull. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, it's it's all good. Um, I think I'm the same, really. Just I've had quite a few shifts recently. Luckily for me, sport is still ongoing for the moment. Fingers mm. crossed. Touch wood. Mm. Touch wood. Mm. Sunday was mad. We had we had tennis, golf, football, NFL, all sorts. So at least in that at least in that side of things, I'm lucky really because obviously at any moment things might be put on hold again. But no, yeah, not quite boring from my point of view as well. Pepster, yeah. have you got any any parking <laughs> stories? <laughs> any parking story? Yeah. Well, I mean, let me try and think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. To be honest, I feel like and I was saying this to Henry before you jumped on Jack. It's that point of the year now where the nights are getting darker sooner. It's getting colder, mm. coming into winter. You just sort of feel like Henry's right. You sort of like work, sleep, repeat, <laughs> work, sleep, repeat. At the weekend, I just mm. 
didn't do a right lot at all. Just watched watched this film. Just chilled. There's not a right yeah. lot to do though, is there really? Let's be honest. Well, no, I mean um, that's that's it. It's looking a bit a bit bleak, isn't it? We got we got new uh, announcement today. Different parts of the country mm-hmm. are going to be under different rules. And sadly, the north, our neck of the woods, is one of the worst affected, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think um, we're looking good, is it? I think we're it's not in looking tier good. Two, Blackpool, Blackpool right. Press and tier two. But yeah, I mean, what, whatever that, whatever that means, Lord knows. <laughs> yeah, you know. we just got to just got to stay going. positive, hasn't we? Indeed. Um, and that's why it's great to do this podcast because we can escape all of that and we can just focus exactly. on what we love and focus on films, which is yeah. Uh, which is our passion, and uh, yeah, it's a nice way to sort of escape it all. So yeah, hopefully we can be a, a bit of escapism for listeners as well, who just want to tune in to our mumblings and uh, <laughs> yeah, listen to what we have to say. So with that, shall we get started? Let's do it. Let's. Okay, this week we are talking about the devil all the time. Here's a clip. I've been watching your every move for the last couple of weeks. You can't get enough of that Reister girl, can you? Is that how you did my Lenora too? Chill. Mr. Dressel's boy. Don't do anything you'll regret, son. Why don't you put the gun down and make him talk all about it? Go ahead and talk. It wasn't my fault. And Lenora was just like this, uh, this racer girl. She wouldn't let me be. But I want you to know that I, I pray for that girl's soul. Every night. Can you pray for her baby soul too? Look, I, I, I didn't have nothing to do with that. She came to me saying she, she got that way from some boy. Don't fucking lie to me! Lies, lies. The lies, the lies are hers. She got it in her head that, that I was a father. I was going to take care of everything. God damn it, boy! Listen to me! The Devil All the Time is directed by Antonio Campos, and it stars Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Riley Keough, Jason Clark, Sebastian Stan, Haley Bennett, Eliza Scanlon, Maya Vasikowska, and Robert Pattinson. The synopsis is, in Knockhamstiff, Ohio, and its neighbouring backwards, Sinister characters converge around young Arvin Russell as he fights the evil forces that threaten him and his family. So, what did you two think of the devil all the time? Well, um, my <laughs> word, this was this was an intense watch. Uh, I won't lie. Um, yeah. Watch this on the Saturday. Put it on Saturday night. Um, like I said, been doing some revision all day. Went for a little afternoon swim. Thought I'd get in, watch this, you know, unwind. Nice relaxing. My word, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Have a nice relaxing evening. And and then this this hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, it was. <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed it though. 
I, I thought it was really, really, uh, really good, well made. The cast was outstanding. It was appealing to me anyway, just because of the, the cast list. That cast list alone. Yeah, it, it jumped straight off wild. the screen when you when I saw the trailer. Absolutely, you, you, you see all those names. Yeah, it's not one to mm. miss, is it? Yeah, um, it, it was wasn't the perfect film. It was confusing at times. Some issues that I had, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but I, I honestly really did enjoy it. Robert Pattinson. Um, I feel like I sound like a broken record every week. <laughs> my God, he's just something else, that boy. I don't know yeah. how he can go from such a charming James Bond-esque Brit- quintessential <laughs> English man in in tenor to one of his scariest, most sinister people. And his <laughs> accents are just his accents are amazing. I, yeah. I don't know how he does it. Um, and I've got to say as well. Tom Holland, I, I didn't think he had it in him. I yeah, he's, yeah. Like that. he impresses me. I, I wanted, lot, I, yeah. yeah, he really impressed me. I, I've always thought he's a good actor, but I've just never, I've never seen him in a in a gritty role like this where he's mm-hmm. he's just troubled and. I've only ever seen him in Spider Man. I can't. Yeah, remember. that. I think that might be it. That's that's um, true, actually. Uh, when it, yeah, because when I first saw his name associated with this, and then you watch the trailer and you see how gritty and bleak it looks, yeah, you th- one of your first thoughts is, can't really imagine him sort of being able to pull that off. But yeah, I agree. I think he really mm. pulled it off. Yeah, he he was he was amazing, um, but everyone was ever everyone was. I I really did enjoy this film. I I thought it was hard to follow. It was hard to watch. Mm. But, but I, I did enjoy it. I'm looking forward to a discussion because from what I've read, some people have absolutely canned it. So I, I was quite yeah. surprised to see yeah. some of the reviews actually quite negative, which mm. I don't agree with. And I, I've been reading some and I think, well, I, I didn't feel like that at all. I, I really yeah. did enjoy it despite some issues and despite the, the subject matter and how dark it was. Yeah, I, I really did like this voice. I really did. I, I want to get into the discussion and see what you guys think because... Yeah, it really did, did really impress me. Nice, Pepster, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, if anybody is listening to this podcast thinking it's going to be a repeat of I'm thinking of ending things, um, <laughs> just, 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 just switch off now. Um, please don't, we need the <laughs> listeners. Um, but I, 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 I completely agree with, with everything Henry said, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's. I, I mean, I don't know about you, Woody, but I think that you can compare this film to I'm Thinking of Ending Things mm. because, be, not just because of the length, but because of the, the way it was shot, the way it was filmed, the way it went about being some some strange, pardon language, shit. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But compared to what our thoughts were on that film... I did not feel the same about this one. I thought, I thought the beginning, I thought it was a little bit uneasy at the beginning and I, it took me a while to get into it. But once I did, I was with it hundred percent. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. I mean, Jack, I think you said um, when you were just looking at the cast list, flipping out a load, there was so many cast members and we'll, we'll get into it probably a little bit later, but the turnaround of cast members was amazing really i don't think i've seen something for so for a while and i can't really think of anything that i'd probably compare it to in this respect that did just have a turnaround of so many cast 
and mm. and it was almost like I mean, I'm trying to think like a three act play or four act play, which yeah, there was an underlying overtone or undertone throughout, but it was almost like different films to an extent. Um, yeah, yeah, know, the tone the, shifted quite a tone, lot. Yeah, the tone sort of shifted. Definitely loads of undercurrents and throughout the whole thing, but it was just like three or four different films, like one after the other. Um, mm, kind of I, a Tarantino-esque in that way, I oh, thought. Definitely. I, yeah, I, I, I was point, thinking yeah. Tarantino all the way through this film. Um, yeah. You could probably... Yeah, I, I think if you didn't know who had done it, you could have probably looked at it and thought, oh, is this yeah. Tarantino? I just, yeah, I, I completely agree. I really, really was on board with it, and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. yeah it's, a, it's a good point you make about the cast, because with a, if you've got a film with a... With with the cast of this size, most of them big big name actors, um, you know, I wouldn't have been too surprised if it had not managed to sort of give everyone a le- level playing field. And I know Tom Holland was mm. his character was the main character in a sense, but everyone brought something to the table. I thought everyone everyone's character arcs developed nicely. I thought the script was fantastic. Um, and yeah, I, I wouldn't say anyone was left behind, or I wouldn't say there was anyone where I'd, where I came away thinking, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of that character, or maybe that wasn't flashed flashed out enough. Mm-hmm. I thought it all it all rounded together and and just came together as and and you are right, it did feel like it had three distinct acts, but it still flowed as one tale, and um, yeah, I, I it's good actually that we all agree after last week to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because yeah, it was a bit of a struggle last week trying to. Uh, well, not not a struggle, but there was definitely differences of opinion, which is good for a podcast. Um, but it's nice this week, I think, to all sort of. Because yeah, I, I I was also surprised, Woody, to read some of those reviews. I I don't really understand what what people are. I mean, I saw some people even say they got through about twenty minutes and then turned it off, which maybe you can understand because both of you perhaps didn't enjoy the start. No, um, I de- I definitely didn't enjoy. It. I'm with Pep on that. I thought it, it was slow to get going. Yeah. Um, is that I, is I that do what... I do love a slow burn. I was going to say so. So were you two talking about mainly that you know with Bill Skarsgård and, and when when Tom Holland was a young boy? Yes. Yeah. Um, right. It, uh, I mean, I was enjoying it for what it was, but I, I was always thinking right when when. When's it going to get going now? When are we going to get to see this? When are we, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it felt like it, we were in that time for quite a long, a long time. And I, I will say, Bill Skarsgård was was brilliant as well. Yeah. And it got yeah. to the end of the film, and I, I was like, Christ, forgotten about him that yeah. long ago. But mm. his his performance was exceptional. And um, and he and even the young lad, the child actor, was all right. I thought he was he was very good. Mm. He was very good. Because mm. we don't we didn't even see Tom Holland until an hour into the film at least did we yeah. when you think about it yeah it must have been a good hour until we've seen him mm-hmm. mm. I always I don't know about you but it was fairly obvious that he would end up playing that young lad but as an older version um, oh, he, be, yeah, because of because of the way I mean this film did jump around in time quite a lot we we regularly got we, we regularly got the little um subheading that told us where we were and what year it was and that could have quite quickly become a bit too much and but actually I, 
I was, I surprised myself to be honest because with films like this where there are so many characters and it's a it's like a web of just interacting sort of timelines and, and stories I I do tend to struggle with those but I think it's it's all credit to the way it was written and the director for managing to actually keep it keep it for me as a viewer to be able to stick with it and I, I never really maybe a couple of points but to be honest all the way through I was able to keep track of where we were who you know who was who was who who what what the connections were and um I was really impressed actually by how they managed to reveal the connections in a way that wasn't jarring um despite the long list of characters for me I was able to follow it quite well and for a two hour two and a quarter hour film structured the way it was I gotta say I expected to struggle a bit more but no I, I followed it quite comfortably yeah I I disagree slightly with that because I do I think there were times where I I did lose who who was who. Okay. Um, I think sometimes I think the introduction to characters was the the part that made that happen because the characters came but we weren't properly I don't feel we weren't mm. properly introduced we weren't properly introduced mm. um, and and that mixed in with the timeline going all over the place and it was going all over the place so it did make it hard to follow but it wasn't throughout at all it was just a few times where i just had to rewind and just say work out who it was and what year it was because it was just a few characters that got introduced very very quickly and because of the, the accents and the the the, di- yeah. the dialogue yeah yeah it's quite hard to, it's it, there's a few there was a bit of mumbling I will say mm. as well it's I agree yeah, it's hard yeah. to Bill Skarsgård especially I mean I thought he was, I was listening to Tom Hardy with an accent on <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's mumbling yeah. that much I was really struggling I, to hear him at times yeah I will say I, w- I was tempted yeah it might have been near the beginning with with Bill Skarsgård I was tempted to turn on sub- subtitles because I didn't want to miss yeah. anything mm. um, yeah. but I didn't I, I held back because I wanted to try and manage, and it got better, I'd say. Um, but yeah, with that, with that, with that southern twang, it can very easily become a bit yeah. hard to understand it. So, so just on that point, Woody, then. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what point we want to. It's going to be difficult, I think, to go too long in this review without entering spoilers. But we'll try and hold off a bit longer. Um, would you say one of the characters that? wasn't introduced very well maybe sebastian stan the sheriff yeah yeah yes absolutely um especially because of what happened what, what would become of him as well his yeah. his character development was one of the best in the in the actual whole film i thought it, it was amazing um, That's it, yeah yeah but no he 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 was a problem and the other one was the first preacher in bill skarsgård's timeline he just seemed to just be sitting at the front of the church one day with his brother and oh, his yeah, cousin, yeah. and he started singing. And I was like, "What? What's going on here?" Yeah. And they had that really thing. weird sermon <laughs> that he gave. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, he was he 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 just popped up out of nowhere, and I thought, "Oh, what's who what's is going that on? actor? I recognise um, him. Who, who is he?" So, so right, so this is what I'm about to say. So this actor, I thought, God, I've never seen this guy before. He's absolutely brilliant. He's really stealing the show here. And it's he's, he's he's an English lad, and he's in Harry Potter films. Yes, he that's is, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you not recognise Dud- him, Pat? Dudley Dursley in Harry Potter. 
the yes, fact that, that, yes, that makes no, sense now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did recognise him. Um, I could not believe it. I couldn't. I didn't know where I knew him from, but I, I did. I did familiar. And I, there was actually when you were talking about this just then, I thought I wonder if because he's there's I don't know if you've seen it Gotham, which was no, um, no, it was no, based on um based on the Batman um series. Um, he ran for about five five series, and the guy that plays the Joker, um, oh, the Penguin in that, sorry, he looks just like him. And it wasn't until you brought up who he what who this guy was. I thought, <laughs> I wonder if it's him. He just clicked, but no, yeah, he does look like the Dursley boy now from Harry Potter. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But he, he's lost a hell of a lot of weight. Yeah, he's really. I think that's what I yeah. feel that, yeah, that yeah. he's really grown up, hasn't he? Mm. He's really grown up. I but thought because I thought he's. he's <laughs> Yeah, but and he was so good, and his his accent was so good. I thought he was American. I didn't I didn't realize until I went on Letterbox that I was like, oh my Christ! It's, yeah, um, I think that, yeah, I think that's what Harry Potter. That's probably what threw me as well because he'd lost weight and the accent was that good. Mm. My brain just did not connect. But now that you say it, yeah, yeah. And if we're I've talking never about seen this kid before, he's brilliant. Yeah, he was good. Um, yeah. And another one who was just so instantly had this aura of just slimy creepy like you just did not want to get involved with him um i mean yeah I th- yeah you're right his performance was great but going back to our original point he was another one then that you maybe thought came and went a bit you know what didn't really flow is that what you're saying or you didn't really like how his no, um, it wasn't necessarily that but i mean one of the problems with the introduction of characters was that we have the narrator who was also the author of the book, which is pretty cool in its own right. right. It's cool, actually. Yeah. And then, again, this is another bit I had to rewind, was when Jason Clark's character first came into the diner. He was Carl. Mm. Um, and he obviously became girlfriend, uh, the girlfriend of Riley Ke- boyfriend of Riley Keough. Um, yeah. Who served in the so at that point the narrator was was saying oh, these would become the something, and I just I, I had to rewind that because I didn't understand it. Mm. Mm. And he was another character that he said there was creepy and slimy and all that, but yeah. his introduction I thought was wasn't the best. Yeah, I, I, can see, I struggled a bit I, with him as well. But then with, with I was just going to say I do agree um, with Jason Clark's character. The way they introduced him could have been a bit better but I did appreciate I think what the director was trying to do was with these stories where you've got characters who come in and out and they weave into each other's timelines not necessarily ever meeting one another but they're always there I quite liked that because in that scene you have Bill Skarsgård who not, who never speaks to Jason Clark but it's yeah. just one of those it, but it's just one of those moments where he they literally they cross paths in in a diner somewhere random their stories never really, well, they do, but the, the two of them never actually speak to each other. So I quite like that sort of idea of just throwing them in the same room, even though, you know what I mean? Like there's not that direct narrative yeah. between the two of yeah. them, but it just adds to that idea of this town. And it's, I like the start actually where they, where the narrator mentioned that, you know, he just went through a bit of the history of the, of the location and how, at that time, only about 400 people lived there. So it makes a lot of sense that two characters, you know, mm. would be in the same room. Um, mm. But but yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point, actually. It's probably a fair point. It, it maybe could have been dealt with a bit better. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point you make actually, and I, I, I do understand that. But um, I just, just comparing then with the introduction of Jason Clark to the introduction of Roy, who was the preacher. Was it Roy or Ray? It was Roy, wasn't um, it? Roy, yeah. Roy, yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah. So compare the introduction of Roy to, to Jason Clark's character. One had narration and one didn't. Yeah, they're both confusing. Mm. I didn't know. I had to rewind both of them. So that that kind of thing doesn't take away my enjoyment because I actually when I went back, I was like, right, okay, now I can continue. Um, <laughs> if I was yeah. watching that in the, in the cinema, obviously it'd be a lot more of a problem. But we're on Netflix and we can just sit there and I can... Yeah, relax. I guess that's the benefit of Netflix. Exactly what I yeah. I wish um, I'd watched Tenet on Netflix. I wouldn't been able to re... Actually, to be fair, even with Tenet, <laughs> I could re-watch that. I don't think it'd make much more sense. <laughs> I, if I watched it on Netflix, I think I'd put subtitles on, to be honest. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not a massive issue when you, when you can just rewind it. So mm. it, it's fine. Um, but there's just so many characters that... I think everyone was just creepy and disturbing and the backstories yeah. were, I mean, you don't even want, we only knew, knew a few of them, but God, there must have been some, what, what they've done in their past life. Um, yeah. Even Riley Keough, Riley Keough's yeah. character yeah. was me- messed up and her, her downfall was yeah. brilliant. It was amazing to watch, but you couldn't help but just feel sorry for her in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she just didn't, she did not want to be in the situation, did she? But she almost no, no. She she was trapped in a way because she didn't really have a better option, did she? I completely agree with what you, you guys have said with the the idea of introduction of characters, um, particularly. And I hope we do go into it a bit more when we talk spoilers. But the police officer um, and his yep. story in in general, to be fair, I do I did like the connection, and it sort of goes off to what you said before, Jack, about them being in the cafe at the beginning. They don't really. You know, obviously, we don't know anything about what the story is going to be and how that connection is. And there was a couple of moments, and I won't go into much detail, but with that, with um, with the young lad and the police officer, that connection and full circle. It, it, it was, when you think back on it, and I think you appreciate it when you're watching it, but I think when you've had time to process it afterwards, you sort of look thinking back at it and you think, you know what, actually, that is... Yeah, I thought it was cleverly done at the time, but actually it's very cleverly done. Um, mm. And they've put a lot into it to, to get it to what it was. Yeah, I mean, can, can, I mean can, you imagine, can you imagine the difficulty of writing a script that incorporates all these characters and, and, and making it so it makes sense, so that it's, you know, like, it must be so difficult to write something like this when you've got so many moving pieces. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it really is a talent to, to be able to do that. So, yeah, full credit to the writers. And I'm actually looking now, credited anyway, there's one, two, three, three writers, which sometimes the more writers you have, I guess, I guess in a way the harder it is because, or maybe actually in this case, maybe mm. the easier because you've got people to sort of work with and bounce off and, and make sure, you know, is, is this right? Or maybe can we do it another way? So I guess they were pulling their ideas in terms of how best to adapt it because it is a book and actually I'd quite like to read this book I don't know about you lads but I'd probably mm. after watching the film I'd yeah. be interested to, to read the book I think it'd be an amazing book yeah mm. um, but just another point um, and mm. I think I can make this without going into spoilers so I may as well make it now you mentioned there Woody about the narrator and how um, he he was the author which I thought was very cool but, but something else that I read in those reviews that we talked about 
many, many people really didn't like the narration and they felt that it was not needed and they felt that it didn't, it, they felt like it was dumbing down the audience, but I, I disagreed completely. I thought the narration was brilliant, actually, and I, I didn't feel like I was being talked down to. I don't know if, do you, do you agree with that? Or do you think that maybe the narration could have been handled differently or maybe you would have liked it without narration? What do you think? I, I think it was needed because, because it is based on a book and there's so much going on with so many characters, there's so many timelines, there's so many years. I think you need it. Um, yeah, yeah. It works. It works in things like Tarantino films. Um, I'm not saying it's. I'm not going to compare it directly. I'm not saying it's as strong as that, uh, but it was needed. And I don't think it was. I don't think it was dumbing down the audience at all. No. Um, it was just a, the only problems I had with it was in the first forty half an hour, forty minutes when I was my ears were getting adjusted to the twang and the dialect and the, <laughs> how they said yeah. things because. It's just it's just such a specific accent. Yeah. It's hard to pick things up. Um, yeah. So when I was rewinding it, it was just it was just at the start. If it didn't have it, then I really would be stuck because yeah, I think I think it is needed. Um, yeah. And the 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 narrator, who's also the author, as you've said, he's also one of the three writers. So mm. um, obviously having him on side is going to be good for the. You know, it's going to be good for the film, isn't it? If the actual author is one of the writers, because he can choose what not to put in and what things to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I think that that helps the writing process and um, yeah, I, helps the viewing viewing experience by having him as a writer as well as a narrator. Yeah, because it's his story, and at the end of the day, and I actually think it just helped in terms of set the scene, and especially, you know, like I've already said, the start when he just talked about. You know the area that we're in, and the and and just gave a bit of background in terms of the local sort of culture that they've got going on, and how it is a, a backward town, and and just how everyone knows each other. It just it just helps sort of settle you in, I thought. And without that, if it, can I imagine this story just starting without any of that? I think it would have it would have taken far longer to actually yeah, yeah just set just settle in, and and at least with the narration, you're therefore able to forget about. Oh, what's going on here? You already know it's right. Right, story starts. Here we go. I know where we are. I know what the time period is, and yeah, I think it works really well. Peps, did you agree with that? Yeah, no, I do. Um, I, I did think at some points the the narration was probably jumping onto what Woody said a bit earlier on. You had to rewind it a couple of times, and you're a bit like, well, hang on, right, okay. The, from mm. the very beginning, the narrator was the narration was yet telling you what was going on but in a way treat it and i don't think i agree with the idea that they put the narrator in to treat the audience or, or dumb it down so that the audience understood. Like exposition because, no it yeah, wasn't exposition no because i think the narrator the way he did it was actually not more confusing but definitely didn't dumb it down was saying it in a way to try and give you the information but to treat you as if you was sort of like an old pal and you and you half knew what was going on in the first place you know yeah because he yeah. didn't tell you exactly who the characters were he didn't tell you exactly what was going on he didn't tell he just sort of i really like the narration I, I i i thought it worked really really well um mm. so yeah no I, I don't agree with the fact that it dumbed it down in any means or treated the audience like fools no uh, and it, yeah like you say it actually, it actually added some a bit of intrigue didn't it to, to the scenes because yeah. and it wasn't like every scene started with it it was 
I thought it was used sparingly. I wouldn't say it was overused. I mean, yeah, it was used a lot, but it wasn't like every scene. No. Um, and I think in the in the restaurant, you know, take that for an example in the in the diner at the beginning where he, you said it before, where he said so and so and so and so, they would go on to, and then you're a bit like, right, okay, so that's so and so, that's so and so. I wonder what happened, you know, right, where do they come into it? So then when you're watching the, other, the next half an hour of film where they're not even in it, you're thinking to yourself, well, where do they come in? So actually, hmm. it intrigues you more. It definitely does add intrigue, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we're now going to be talking spoilers. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, then uh, look in the description and this, you'll be able to find out when the spoilers end. Three, two, one, skip. And Let's then, talk about the policeman then, because... Yeah, Sebastian Stan's character. Deputy Lee Bodecker. Or Sheriff. Mm. It says deputy here, but I swear, I swear he was a sheriff. Anyway, we'll go on. What, we, what do you want to talk about then? I thought his introduction was a little bit um, weak. And then, I don't know about you, but I was I was confused when he ended up going into that house. And then he was he originally was talking to a couple of people in a diner. Then he went into that house, shot the guy in the head, then walked upstairs and shot the other guy. I was really, I did not well, they, know what was going on at that with those with that with that arc. I had I had no yeah. real clue. I'd, but you, but but you did know that those two guys he shot were the guys that he was talking to in those the diner. Two, yeah, so I knew those yeah, two yeah. guys were the guys that he shot were in the diner. I just I, I, whether I phased out for a little bit. At that point, no, I agree I, with this actually. Yeah. I just was a bit unsure. Maybe it was too many different storylines going on that that because that one came a little bit later. That was probably the last storyline that they introduced to carry it on to the end. I just thought I just didn't a hundred percent understand what was going on there. Um, yeah, those two blokes. It, it, there was like some sort of almost like a mob boss, and then you had the heavy set opposite, and then yeah. It was, there's obviously some dodgy like dealing going on, but I I agree. I didn't really get it. Woody, were you following that? There was one storyline I was a bit confused about. Um, yeah, I don't understand why he then the policeman would then go and shoot them as well. Personally, I didn't quite get that one. Yeah, um, well, because there, there was this whole sort of theme running through that started with Bill Skarsgård's character and how he taught his son to basically fight back and don't, you know, choose your time wisely, but don't let anyone get away with any bullshit. So in that diner where he's, you know, being treated like shit and, and the guy spits on his money before giving it him, um, in that moment, that would that would have been the wrong time maybe to sort of, you know, freak out and start trying to defend himself. But then just like Tom Holland does with the bullies and just like, um, Bill Skarsgård did at the start of the film with the guys who'd sort of talked about what was it going in and um, killing his wife while they were praying or whatever. They they waited for the right moment and then they would go and do what needs to be done. So I sort of get why that why he did that because it fits in with that whole idea of choosing your time and then and then getting your revenge because this a lot of this film is about revenge, isn't it? And about vengeance and all mm, that stuff mm. but yeah i do agree with with the main thing there which is who the fuck were they <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it's never really never really explained was it uh, i think i think if you if i was enough. the edit 
I think it was that if I was the editor, that's something that could definitely have been cut yeah. out. I agree. Um, I, I think maybe they yeah. could have gone, they could have, I mean, don't get me wrong, it didn't, and what they probably were thinking was, right, if we just put this police officer in there just to have the, that him related to the woman um, that's going off in a car around Ohio, you know, and, you know, maybe he's not a strong enough character, so let's add a storyline for him. I'm assuming mm. that's maybe what they were going with, so that they didn't have people saying, oh, well, that character is just in there for that reason. But at the same time, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. I think that definitely could have just been a scene or a storyline or a scene that they just, you know, right, they, get rid of it. Were they something to do with... Because, you know, he kept bringing up this point about how he was running for election oh, and, how, and how he kept trying to sort of cover his tracks and anything to do with his sister. Um, Cause he found that picture, didn't, didn't he, that dropped out of her. And, and obviously he quickly got rid of that because any connection that people could make from him to, to his sister, who's obviously going around doing what she's doing would have been detrimental to his chances of reelection. And maybe those two guys in the diner were something to do with that. And, uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think, I think it's probably just for they they were just. I mean, when I was watching, it, I just thought they were just for the local hard nuts, and they just he the the copper was a bent copper, and he, he was on the books, sl, sl, slid some money to keep quiet, let them do their own thing. Right, that's okay, why. Yeah, that's what I had it down as. I don't know if that's right, and I've not, no, I've that, not read up about it since. So I think that just does make the most sense. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't really explained, and I agree. It, it definitely could have been cut because I mean, it wasn't needed because, um, what's the actor called? Is it Stan? What's he called? Sebastian Stan. I can't remember his name. Se- Sebastian Stan. His performance was that good, and we knew as an audience member that he was, he was a bit bent, and he looked the other way every now and then. So we didn't, we didn't actually need these two characters for him to. For yeah, us we. To really it's quite clear that this isn't us. This isn't us. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. a respectable fucking sheriff. <laughs> By the books guy. Straight laced. No. Yeah, no. so that... he's not like that at all. Yeah. Um, especially what you just said then, Clarky, when it, when he picks up the picture of Riley Keogh and keeps the evidence. So it it's it's obvious that he, he doesn't abide by the law and the letter of the law. So then two could have easily could have gone and it could probably could have saved 10, mm. 15 minutes as well. His his performance and his his character arc and Riley Keogh's character arc were actually some of the best bits for me. I, I thought he was awesome. Yeah, I agree. His, perform- his, his downfall was was brilliant to watch. Um, yeah. And there's a lot and of hers death as well. Scenes. Riley Keogh was, was amazing yeah. again. There's, there's, so yeah, much there death, there's, there's so much death and murder in this that it, you could almost by the end become a bit desensitised. But I, I will say... Yeah, both her death and his death were, yeah, probably the most powerful in terms of actually, because um, you followed, yeah, you followed his downfall, um, and you can you can sort of see, not understand what he's doing, but you can see it from his point of view, and he, and I think by the end, yeah, it's just a bit of a, it's sad, isn't it, really? Because again, just yeah. like Riley, yeah. just like Riley Keogh, he didn't really, I don't think, want to be such a 
slimy bad guy. Um, but the the world he's in and the town he's in has just sort of t- molded him into this bent copper, um, and it and it leads to his downfall. But yeah, I think. I, I would say that, yeah, I agree with that. I think in terms of character arcs, and there's obviously a lot of characters, his, for me, was probably the most interesting. I agree. What did you boys think of the girl that fell in love or had the child of the first preacher who chucked a load of spiders over his head? Oh, yeah. And stayed oh, Maya Vasikovska. Yeah. Yes. And R- stayed, Roy. Yeah, and, yeah, Roy, and stayed in the... Co- um, in the closet for like two and a half weeks or whatever it was i i'm not gonna lie when that because i think that was probably the first well it wasn't really was it because we'd had the killing of had we it was one of the first one of the it was one of the first deaths and it was it was the it was the first real gory death you're telling me i went (laughs) i I literally i mean i I was in the house on my own why is a sheet (laughs) i I was i'm in the house on my own I'm, i'm like Ah, so it's like that, is it? Right, okay. We're we're going that far. Because I don't know about you, but, I mean, I'm not a big fan of gore and all that type of stuff anyway at the best of times. But flipping heck, I I did have to sort of look away from the screen a couple of times because it was very impressive. It was was very impressive. It was quite grim, that one, wasn't it? Um... Yeah. But actually, one of the one of the most grim ones <laughs> was a little later on, and and it's that grim that even the director decides to not show us much. But it's the one where Jason Clark is stood over that poor old sod who's been taken on as a, what you, you know, you know the Bonnie and Clyde couple, Riley Keough and Carl. It's that mm. young sergeant who's 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 on his way to. Yeah. On his way to Nam, oh. is he or something? And uh, yeah. oh my god! And he stood over him taking the pictures, and it's absolutely grim. Um, yeah. The religion had a ma- had a massive well, it was a massive theme of the whole. Mm. Film, probably the biggest it? theme, wasn't it? Yeah, I would pro- yeah, I'd probably say the biggest theme. And yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, religious or not, and mm. I don't profess to be. You know, yeah, I'm Catholic, but I don't go to church every week, and you know, and I'm probably a very liberal Catholic. However, how some people can think that God is giving you the power to once you've stabbed somebody in the neck, <laughs> then bring her back to life is just mm. dumbfounded and yeah. just absolutely amazing to understand and believe you but know even, it's, it's absolutely amazing and that wasn't just yeah. one that wasn't just one i mean that was probably the most prominent aspect of it of religion but and then you had at the beginning when his wife died and so that his wife didn't die yeah. he goes oh, prayers, and kills yeah. the young lad's dog and sticks the dog, the dog up on the cross and you think to yourself and watching them preach, you know, both preachers, but watching them preach, you're just like flipping egg. Some yeah. people, well, you know, you are absolutely deluded. <laughs> absolutely deluded. Yeah. but yeah. And then, um, There's definitely some, some fascinating messages about religion and mm. um, 
religion preaching as well, I think. Uh, just yeah. the, the, the nonsense that these guys say and how they get into people's heads, how they can be these orators and they can manipulate a crowd. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, it was what, obviously so extreme with what they were doing and what God was telling them to do, I should say. <laughs> Um, but I, I think as well, I think around that time in the in the South, in America, in the 50s, 60s, I mean, you would have got people going around from town to town, doing yeah. going around mm. trying to get as big a group as we can mm. in a cult-like fashion, <laughs> getting these crowds and these audiences together to follow them. And I mean, that in itself is, is scary in its own right, how they can yeah. manipulate all these people. I mean, we're not even taught about Robert Pattinson. We're not even talked about Robert Pattinson yet. No, I know. <laughs> the crowd with him. And... Oh. Well, there's so much, yeah. there's so much going on it, in this it's film. Just... It's going to be difficult to touch yeah. everything, but yeah, we obviously do need to talk about him. Um, but just quickly back on that point, Joe, um, the failed resurrection that he attempted. Um, I, can, I can understand, like, you know, back then, people being that, you know, their belief was so strong that I can totally believe that someone would think that it was possible. Yeah, yeah. But what? But what? But what was his reason for actually doing it? Like, was it just to prove to himself? I think so. Yeah, he was. He was in that closet for two and a half weeks, and the narration said he's been in that closet since his head got massive and bloated because the spider, spider bite, bite <laughs> or whatever. And um, yeah. and he was waiting for a sign from God, for God to tell him what to do next. And then he jumps out of the closet one day and for some reason, God's gone and told him that you're going to go kill your wife and then you're going to resurrect her successfully. It's just yeah. like, yeah. hello? Wow. And, and, yeah. and that, was, that, was, that was the, I mean, I don't think there was any other reason why he did it. I think that was the whole point. He just wanted to, he believed that by being in that closet, God has told him, you have got my powers now that you can go and mm. resurrect whoever you want. So he went off and killed his wife. And there were, and there were, there wasn't much of it in the film, but there were definitely b little bits of jet black humor. There was that bit where, um, yeah, just after that, just after he's done that and it's failed and he's driving in the car, like tears in his eyes, can't believe what he's just done. And he's trying to sort of say to his mate or his brother next to him, who's obviously disabled, um, you know, what do I do? What do I say? Like, um, and he's and he's trying to come up with a viable uh, sort of reason as to why he's done it. And then the, his mate just says, "No, I think you're just going to sound like a, a crazy guy who's murdered your wife." <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and what made me laugh? What made me laugh? Sorry, just just to, fa to to finish it off. What made me laugh when he then he jumped out of his car, was walking on the side road, go, got picked up by Bonnie and Clyde, and then she was lying by the lake in a swimming costume and he turns to him and goes oh yeah you're gonna have take pictures with my wife and he, he the, his reaction in his face was like what you want me to yeah, like adultery <laughs> and i'm like whoa 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 mate you've just killed your wife you know yeah. don't don't be looking like that thinking you've got the moral high ground now mate god <laughs> yes you yeah know. things aren't just things aren't only just getting crazy now mate yeah yeah <laughs> Remember what you just did 20 minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, not only has he killed his wife, he's he's abandoned his disabled brother in a car, so he's he can't yeah. he can't go anywhere, can he? No. 
he can't even get out of the car to look for anyone. He's got to just shout and hope that Horrible someone man. comes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but shall we talk about our pats then? Yeah. Right. Okay. Woody, yes. do you want to start? Yes. Do you want to start off on Let's. this one? Yeah. Well, it's kind. Of, Pep's quite lent into lent into it a bit better, kind of nicely with the select, selective reading of the Bible and selective interpretations. Um, and he was really, really polar opposite to Roy in the sense that um, our Pats never raised his voice, never shouted, yeah. but he had this ability to command the room. Um, but at the same time as, as being on the, on the surface, looking at him, quite a charming man. He was probably the most evil character in the whole thing and not saying something because there's a yeah. lot yeah, yeah, of yeah. evil going on. Um, without 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 ever shouting or being aggressive in any way, he was able to manipulate these poor young people into doing horrendous things. And some of yeah. the stuff he was coming out with and his justifications of it from from it being in the back, his just, yeah, his justifications of it, which just to the sound minded viewer, absolutely obscene and ridiculous. Yeah. But to the to the people that he's doing it to, you can fully understand why why they're falling for it. Yeah, using he, um, he was use he was using her faith as and, a way to force her to do stuff like take her clothes off. Like, oh, the God wants to see you. God wants to see you, and she and she yeah. just sort of yeah yeah okay yeah. Well, I mean, she was she was a bit yeah, hesitant, in, but she did it really, didn't she? In your purest form, or something like that. That was it, yeah. Mm. Yeah, did you say, say in in the form in your in your purest form? Um, and it's understandable why they'd that why they'd believe why the victim would believe it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you got to remember, they're he about just, he 14, does it in a way, 15, but, aren't they? Mm, mm. But I mean, he, yeah. Again, he's just he's just amazing. He, Honestly, he's he's just one of the best out there at the moment, and he, yeah. him, and Riley Keough uh, just make these brilliant choices where they they'll just pick whatever they want to pick. Uh, yeah, what, what else has Riley Keough? And... Riley Keough's been in some really cool stuff. Um, oh, Logan Lucky wasn't she? Was in that? She was in. She was amazing in Logan Lucky. She's in American Honey, which you've seen. I've not. Yeah, um, it comes at night. Yeah. Oh, it comes at She's night. In, it Christ. Comes at night. Yeah, yeah. Mad Max. Mad Max. I don't. I don't remember um, that. Oh, she was one of the. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. She was in um another A twenty four one called Under the Silver Lake with Andrew Garfield, which I'm not seeing, but it's on my watch list. I really do. Yeah, want to she see makes some, She makes some good choices, doesn't she? And 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 it, but for, but even more credit you'd have to say to our Pats because once you've been in a franchise like um, Twilight, a teen franchise that was so popular and so huge. I know it took him a while, but to go from that to be able to, yeah, just flip his whole career around and mm. now do these incredible roles, um, so varied, very dark, you know, you just wouldn't have thought it was possible. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe has struggled to do it, hasn't he? I mean, fair play, he's he's done a few interesting things, but not to the level of this man. And yeah, I think... Uh, and it was, not to that level, it, no. It was, it was fun, wasn't it, to see uh, Batman and Spider-Man square off? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... I'll say it now. It's probably my favorite scene. Um, oh damn it! it that was I, I, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people will have been waiting for this showdown. It, it took a long time. It really did. Yeah. For them to be in the same room together, but I mean, it was worth the wait. That was a fantastic word. scene. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, like mm. as it as it builds and as as not only with the audience, but our Patsy's character himself realizes what he's doing, and he's just listing off these crimes that our yeah. Pats has done, but he's obviously just saying that, saying that he's done it as a confession. So clever. No, I I agree. I thought that was a, a definitely, if not my favorite, a, a definitely up there. Just something just to bring the conversation down just slightly. There was one little niggle I had in the back of my head quite a long time through this film. And that was the baseball cap that Tom... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Did they have those in the 50s, 60s? Now, I did do a bit of think of that. And they did have baseball caps, I think. It, it looked like now. a very modern one. But, yeah, I thought it looked like a really modern baseball cap. And I and I, that was the only only niggle I had, and she actually is, is well he's not his mum his his grandma said didn't she some before they went into church take that hat off, and he did yeah. so so I uh, before that point I thought that I don't know what I thought maybe I thought that it just made its way in there by accident and <laughs> one scene it looked good and they weren't really thinking they went yeah I'll just keep it on, but then she referenced it and I thought oh right so they do know it's there. You know, it, it, so it must. They must have had them back then. But I just thought it looked really quite, just a bit too modern. Um, That's an interesting point, actually. Yeah. That was the, yeah. That was that was just my only little niggle I had with it, and the mumbling as well. I, I did think there was a, quite a bit of mumbling. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know if you, you well, guys had, had sort of, sort of it jumped out at you, or if it was just me because I am a fan of a Michael Moore hat these days. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. No. It, I, I'm, whilst I was watching it, it, it no, it, it, but actually, yeah. Now that you say it, 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 yeah, it was very modern looking. It was almost like a denim, like a denim yeah. cap, wasn't it, or something? And actually, his clothes in general, like what he tended to wear, was very like. If you look at what mm -hmm. is what other other characters were wearing, like mm. they were they were much more fifties style, weren't they? But he was in like double denim, like fuck it, <laughs> he just walked straight. <laughs> he just walked straight in out of some time portal. But yeah, no, good point. <laughs> actually, didn't think about that. Yeah. But actually, talking of Tom Holland, I know we've already said like how impressive, how impressed we are with him, and especially in a role like this, which is much grittier than what we've seen him in before. And we also talk about this when we mention Spider Man, because obviously playing a, an American superhero, but his accent is so good, and it's, and it's yeah. even more impressive. It's even more impressive here because it's that Southern twang, and it's very different to the accent he does for Spider Man. But still, like, you, if you told me he was from bloody Texas, I'd go, yeah, I would not doubt it for a second. Mm. But, yeah, he... And actually, because some of the... Jason Clark, isn't he British? Um, no, he's Australian. Oh, sorry, yeah, Australian. But I think there was a couple of others, weren't there, who... Well, R-Pats being the main one. Obviously R-Pats. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Harry Melling, the guy who played Roy. <laughs> so he got quite oh, a few yes, Brits. Yes, yeah, see, again, I forgot. <laughs> Doing some incredible accents here. I forgot he's British again. The only thing I'd say about our Patsy's accent is that some, he sounded like. Um, do you guys watch Rick and Morty? I've seen a few of them. No. Wait, what, who, who are you going to? He, sa he sounds like he sounds like Mr. Poopy Butthole off Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> really, really high pitch American. <laughs> uh, put it in YouTube after. I, I, I was trying not to laugh because I, obviously what he was saying was so abhorrent, and maybe it's just his <laughs> accent. Sometimes it just, it just sounded like him. It's, it's making me laugh. It, it, actually, it was very high. <laughs> it was very high pitched at times, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. I think one one thing we didn't do well was 
and again, this is why I was struggling with the timelines, was the <laughs> lack of aging for characters. It, it just oh, wasn't yeah. done, was it? Actually, Not in a way that it was done... Like with uh, The Five Bloods, for example, where mm. um, they made the conscious decision to... It, well, it might have been budget for budget reasons, but they kept the old boys playing in younger styles, but then did the camera tricks where they filmed a lot in the shadows, we filmed a lot in darkness mm. and half a face. You know, they worked around it and it actually, for those characters in that film, it, it fitted well with it. Whereas with this, and again, this is why I was having timeline issues, is that uh, Tom Holland's granddad didn't age a day. The police yeah. didn't age a day. <laughs> it, it was a bit... Actually, yeah. day. It, it was a bit confusing at times as to we didn't even it didn't look like they attempted to to make an effort. Even the the night where young Tom Holland uh, stro- strolls down to the gas station yeah. when both his both his parents are dead, that lad, the old boy who helps him, he doesn't age a day at all. He comes back. He, I don't think Tom Holland's grown younger. up to be a man. Yeah, he was already about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought he looked younger. The lad, I was like, yeah. flipping heck. <laughs> He looked better okay. 20 yeah. years later. It was, it was a bit yeah, annoying, it? actually. What's his secret? Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. yeah. No, that's actually a good point you've made because for me, it probably hit home hardest when, yeah, aside from him, when Sebastian Stan's sheriff returns to sort of have his showdown with Tom Holland after they, orig- yeah, after they originally met on that night when Tom Holland was a, what, seven, eight-year-old young lad, and he was the sheriff that came to sort of find out what was going on. I'd actually, because Sebastian Stan hadn't hadn't aged, I'd actually forgotten that they had met that night all those years ago until they brought it up again and said something about, yeah, that night. And I, I remembered, oh, shit, yeah, Sebastian Stan was there. And that's when it yeah, hit home. I did the exact same thing. That's when it yeah. hit home, yeah. I, I, I third one in there. Yeah, I did. And it wasn't until I'd... the gas station bit that I thought, yeah. oh yeah, that wasn't until, come over in a minute. Yeah, but when we did the flashback scene with Sebastian Stan with the younger version of Tom Holland, they did the conversation mm. again, didn't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, in, in the car, yeah. Where we just have a conversation in the back back of a police car. Yes, mm. yeah. But it was not Tom Holland; it was the younger version of Tom Holland. Mm. I was like, oh mm. yeah, right. But it, it was coming too late that because he he hasn't changed at all. So I, I too had forgotten it because it was. Two hours ago, and so much <laughs> yeah. has happened since then. So much happens since since that time and that night that you, you do just for, you, you do just forget about it. Yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's that is a problem actually. But I'll tell you what, though, I will be definitely be watching this again because I really yeah. did enjoy it. So I think when oh, I do yeah, watch you get it, more out of it, I as will well. get a better understanding for. Yeah, you would, and you you get an understanding for the, the timeline and the characters and the. Um, mm. And all that, so I think it will benefit on a rewatch, definitely. Yeah, and it's and another idea that it plays with as well is even though, as we've said, you know, this this is a small town of only four hundred people, and everyone seems shifty, and everyone's probably committed some horrendous act that we don't even know about. At the same time, it it looks at the idea, doesn't it, of people getting into situations that they actually don't really want to be in. They're actually better than that. They have a better moral compass than perhaps reflects the situation they're in, like Riley Keogh. And 
like Sebastian Stan and like Tom Holland, because by the end, Tom Holland has killed four people. Yeah, every single one. You know, <laughs> you know, Robert Pattinson obviously deserves it, and he was the reason that Tom Holland's sister died. You've got you've got Jason Clark and Riley Keough, who he had to kill because he was defending himself, and if he hadn't have done that, he would have ended up um, well in a mess. Dead. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Yeah, dead, buried six feet under. And then uh, Sebastian Stan, again, defending himself. He, you know, Sebastian Stan was there looking for him with a shotgun. Um, and so it, it's quite interesting, doesn't it? The, you've got these characters who get themselves into these positions and, and do commit awful crimes. But, you know, it doesn't always reflect that person. You know, Tom Holland, Tom Holland was a good person, wasn't he, deep down? Um, just got himself into these situations. He's obviously had an awful upbringing, lost both his parents at a very young age. He's seen some horrible stuff that, he, that no young lad should ever see. And yet here he is, um, you know, on this trail. And, and like I said, yeah, he, if, he, if he didn't do what he did, he, he would not have survived. So it's just interesting to look at it like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are horrible people who deserve what's coming to them, like Jason Clark and like Arpats. But there are people who don't deserve to, you know, like Riley Keough, she, she didn't want to be in that situation. She actually, as the narrator told us, uh, just before no. she met her end, she was she was debating killing off Jason and driving away with Tom Holland so they could both escape together. Um, but she didn't get the chance to do that. Did, here's a question for you. Yeah. Did Tom Holland kill her? Or did the other bloke? No, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Tom Holland did. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Because no, Jason Clark. Yeah. Jason Clark was already dead. Tom Holland did because. Right. They were both pointing a gun at each other, weren't they? Mm. And yeah. The narrator had said blanks. that yeah. ideally that Riley. Yeah, she was had blanks, but he didn't know. Tom Holland didn't know that. Tom Holland didn't know that mm. Riley Carroll was looking to get, escape anyway. Yeah. But then, yeah. as soon as she fired a blank, Tom Holland then fired his right. real bullets. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I really, obviously, I didn't want that to happen. Because at that point, when you first meet her, you think, oh, she's just a horrible piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But by the end of it, especially because the murder before they picked Tom Holland up, she calls it into the cops, doesn't she? Tells him where the body is, who he was. The yeah. horrible one you were talking about, Jack. Mm. Um, it, she confesses to to where knowing where it is so it's very clear that she wants she wants out and yeah and she and, and the, <laughs> yeah, there's and a major shot where they're both pointing the gun at each other and sort of who bleeds yeah. first and and that, and, and uh we also none of them that... want to do it none of them want to do it that's the good thing about it what you just said there yeah 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 well that's the sad thing about it isn't it and and even as they have the guns pointed at each other you know it it very nearly they very nearly managed to survive because Tom Holland says, I don't want to shoot you, put your gun down, put your gun down, because he knows, mm. he can tell that she doesn't want to be with this guy. He can tell that the dangerous one is the one he's just shot. He doesn't want to kill Riley because he knows yeah. that yeah. she's probably trapped mm. and he's and he's obviously controlling and abusive. But he reacts because yeah, she she has the blank and and and, and then there's that other scene where we see her um get up in the middle of the night and she almost convinces herself to drive away and, and leave Jason Clark in the hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she, but she bottles it, doesn't she? Um, mm. Mm. So, 
yeah, it just just goes to show that um, despite what may look on the surface to be, well, like what you said, Woody, at the start of the film, you do think Riley Keough is a horrible woman who's just, you know, doesn't deserve to live another day because of what she's doing every single day. With, But when you dig a little bit deeper, everyone's got their own story and uh, not everyone wants to be, you know, in the position they are in, so... That was, I thought that was quite well explored as well. I'll tell you what, one, one of the, um, yeah, no, it, it was, it was. Um, one of the hardest deaths that I found to watch, and as we said, there was a lot, was the death of um, Lenora, so Tom Holland's sister. Oh, yeah, that was awful. I mean, that was, that was horrible because, especially because, again, a good use of the narration, um, she'd, Thought she'd finally she'd realised that she didn't actually need to do this, and she's just about to take the noose off and then she's horrible to watch, um, and it did just feel it felt obviously but it, obviously it, it culminates in this the face off between our Pats and Tom Holland as we said, but just just terrible a terrible way to to go yeah. Especially because of what the narrator says as well, I think it's perfect use of it there. Um, because she realizes what we're doing. Oh wait, <laughs> um, yeah. Although, I did feel although, at that point, but <laughs> Go on. one thing, one thing I just want to say about this, and I completely agree, it was awful, and and yeah, the narration obviously made it even more horrible. But one thing I was thinking was. Okay, if you're stood on a little flimsy bucket, having already noosed yourself up, what if you're going to decide to take it off? I'd be a little bit more careful. She was like, just like grabbing at it and just off balance. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, be a little bit more careful when you, you're stood on a little bucket with a noose around your neck. But yeah, it was horrible. And actually, and then it hits home after that because the narrator comes in again and says, no one will ever know. Yeah, mm. everyone. Everyone is always going to think she did it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just awful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's the brutal, the brutal bit of it. Yeah. Something we've not mentioned is the the music. The score was really good for me. I thought it really added an extra level of creepiness and just that just added to the whole bleak feel of everything, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Used quite well as well, I'd say. Yeah, and did it? Did anyone, I don't know if you would have done this, but did anyone listen to the? You know when the credits are playing and there's like a song over the top of it. Well, there was a song they played. Um, it was actually after the title sequence. You know when the title sequence is, so the end credit sequence is finished, and then you get the normal credits where it just ro- starts rolling down the screen. Well, yeah. the first song that was playing was like some folk country song. I'd never heard of it before, but I just was listening to the lyrics and. It was the darkest song I've ever heard. It was just like, because you know how a lot of country music is like poetry almost, and it's just verse after verse after mm. verse. It was one of them sort of, that, that type of song. And it, it was just really grim and it just sort of summed up the whole film. Um, <laughs> so I, I thought I thought it was a good choice of song for the, for the credits because it did just sort of put into, it just sort of summed everything up in one horrible country song. Does anyone have any other points they want to make before we wrap up? Just one more, and it's just about Tom Holland's character. I think I think you said it earlier, Jack. But just to, it did kind of go by, and he went full circle, didn't he? In terms of oh yeah, yeah, following in his dad's footsteps of going going off to war, obviously a different war, 
Um, mm. And it just just leaves you thinking. And obviously, we've seen the five bloods quite the five bloods of Vietnam, and obviously we know what mm. happens there. And he he just knows that he's back. As I mean, he's already messed up as it is, but he's just gonna he's just another kid who is going to end up in this war that he shouldn't be there, and he's going to come back and be even worse than his dad was when he came back from. Was it Cuba that yeah. he was in? Oh, I can't remember. Um, um, South Pacific or something. Yeah. South, yeah. Um, and I, I, I quite liked how it went full circle there. Um, it wasn't, mm. it wasn't shoved down your throat. We just had a, a radio on in the background mentioning the Vietnam War, and he was. That was it. It, it didn't need any more than that, did we? Um, no. It left it in a good, good place like that, and I was just thinking of what's going to become of him and. <laughs> It's just like another cycle. If he has a kid, what you know, it can all just happen yeah. again, can't it? The contents of this film, um, yeah. And in that way, it's just very bittersweet taste, and just can't help but yeah. feel sorry for him, really. Yeah, everything he's been through, he's managed to get through all that. He's lost his mum, dad, mm. sister, you know. Um, and yeah, it's. It's but he's so just needless, a product of his of his environment, isn't he? As well, yeah. yeah but he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a product of his environment and what what mm. his dad's told him to do, and violence mm. has, has followed him everywhere, and <laughs> violence falls everywhere. You might as well become a soldier, mightn't you? <laughs> That's yeah. like the, the way. It, well, way it goes. It, um, I know it did mention that heavily in the narration. It's horrible, and I know that obviously that is what it's alluding to, but. Was it quite as clear cut as that? Because the narration, as he's sort of drifting off to sleep, I know the narrator does say he he's a good fighter and maybe that's where he belongs, but it didn't definitively sort of say that's what's going to happen, or, or did it? I thought it was a little bit more ambiguous no, it, than that. It was open. It was it was it was open ended. Yeah, but I think he was, you're right. He, he, he was thinking about it when he he, he was thinking yeah. it, it was probably the best thing for him to do. Yeah, you got to yeah. remember he's just left a trail of four bodies behind. I mean, you, you can't go back there, <laughs> can he? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it was implied that that's what he was. Yeah, it's what he's thinking of doing. Um, oh yeah, it was, it was. And you're right, and that is probably left, yeah. that's the most likely thing, you know, for a lad his age. That's that's what you're going to do, it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I wonder if that's how the book ends. I really want to read it now. Um, I do. Yeah, I think I'm going to buy it because I, I really would like to read it. I just read it. I just seen actually um, the writer of the book and the narrator uh, Donald Ray Pollock. Mm. It, it the devil all the time was his debut novel. <laughs> what an amazing fucking debut! Published in 2011. Okay, so we're gonna finish our main review there. So spoilers will now end. You can listen on without fear. Right now, on to the all important. Uh, end of our review where we give our ratings but first favorite scene now i think woody's already mentioned a fantastic one and i'll, I'll <laughs> yeah, let him I'm go first. Said is that yours then it's 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 got a bit I, to be honest i could probably pick from three or four really outstanding ones but for tom holland and our pats uh showdown is yeah. when i was watching it I, I i just i was clinging on to every word and the way it built it was just a culmination of so many different factors going into it. Yeah, it was amazing. It was absolutely epic, absolutely epic. Real tension just, as well. Yeah, real tension, but just stellar, stellar acting, and yeah, 
it was just everything you want. It, it was perfectly done, and I did feel very tense because I didn't, I didn't quite know what was going to happen. No, so, I didn't. No, I didn't really know he was gonna, he was gonna move first or anything. So, yep, yeah, kept me guessing, and it was just amazing. So it's got to be that one, got to be. Yeah, that is a very good scene, and it probably on balance was the best scene. But I have got another one which I'll mention. And I'll pick this one as my favourite just because it isn't, you know, nice to mention another one. And I'll say really near the end when Sebastian Stan is in the woods hunting down Tom Holland, you know, after everything that's happened, you know, we've followed we've followed Sebastian Stan's character through through his story arc, which I think we all agree is probably most interesting in, in, in the way it develops. And then it just leads to this, again, another showdown. There's quite a few, isn't there? But this was another one. And, and the way it transpires, obviously, we're out of spoilers now, but that, for me, was tense again and very, very well acted. Do you boys both remember him as Winter Soldier? I think he plays yeah, in Avengers. No. Yeah, he's in the Avengers films. Anyway. I never saw that one. Is he? But yeah. Yeah, he plays Winter Soldier. He's quite quite a big character. But anyway, yeah, that is my... Well, not it's probably not my favourite scene, but it's my second favourite. And yeah, I just wanted to mention that because obviously Woody mentioned the other one. Pepster, have you got one? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, to be honest with you boys. Um, those two scenes would probably be my top two. Just one to add, though, I mm. and I thought it was quite a... It was towards the beginning of the of the film, and it was where they were at the cross, father and son, um, oh, yeah. praying for wife slash mum. And they were, they were they were at the cross, and he was forcing his son to pray, and he, you know, and, and Just, really yeah. pretty physical with him. And that, that actually... I thought it was a horrible scene to watch, but at the same time, it was actually a really nice bit of uh, film. You just felt you felt so sorry for the, the, the dad, but you felt so sorry for the son as well, and where he's forcing him with his head, pray, 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 you know, and then he then he shouts some, you know, some words. Sheer sheer desperation, isn't it? It was just sheer desperation, yeah. And I and so I thought that was probably not my favourite scene. I think my favourite scene is probably in the church. Um, what Woody said and, and what you agree with Jack but I, yeah, I thought that yeah. was probably a scene to, to bring up I thought it was it was definitely mm. something especially at the beginning because um, I think we, we we were missing something like that we were missing some we were missing some action at some point and th- this is where I, this was probably one of my major problems with the film last time it just lacked it and I was I was thinking of that film through this this film thinking that film could have done. A, personally, I think that film could have had a. It could have been a lot better with just having some different things in it. Um, <laughs> you know, some action or or a little bit of action. And I think up to that point of this film, I was maybe thinking the same. But when that happened, I was. You know, it, it just added something to it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good scene as well. Right now, ratings, boys. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'm going to give it an yep. eight, mm. eight out of ten. I think. Yeah, um, it's a good. That's 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 what I was thinking. To be honest, I'm tempted to go a bit higher because the acting from all was excellent, and to have a cast this big and to not be able to say about anyone, you know, that was a bit weak. But I'll I'll say an eight for now. I'll, I'll agree with you, Pet, because like Woody's already said, it's it's prime for another watch. I mean, there's so many things you could get out of it from another watch, and therefore eight gives it that. That nice little bit of room to go up. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it an eight as well. Woody, um, I'll just take half off here. I'll go seven point five with with room to move up because I will be watching it again. 
Mm. So, yeah, I think it definitely could go up. And I, I really, really want to try and find a book and give that a read as well because, mm. yeah, I think it would get, give you a better understanding of some of the characters and and all that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Seven point five for me. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to read the book before giving it a rewatch. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Because then you can go in with the book and having mm. already seen it, that'd be uh, excellent. Right. Okay. Well, that that concludes our review of the Devil All the Time. Shall we now go through some of the things we've watched over the past week or two? I know it's been a while since we last recorded, so yeah. maybe we don't want to talk about everything we've seen because I know it's already been uh, you know a fairly decent episode. But anyone, any anything anyone wants to mention in terms of what they've seen? Yeah, I'll jump in if you want. Um, I've been watching. I watched a couple of. I watched a film called Seven Five Hundred. Um, I think it was on Netflix. So it might be. Oh yeah, is is that the 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 one in the airplane? In the airplane, yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, it, I enjoyed it. Um, it was an hour and a half. It, I just felt. Have you seen it, Jack? No, but it's it's about like a terror terror terrorist it's, takeover. Isn't yeah, it? it's like a terrorist takeover, and I I'm not gonna lie, I I love stuff like that. You know, anything set on a plane I, I or like yeah. hostage. <laughs> hostage films or anything like that like a nice say easy watch obviously it's not a nice nice watch but i just something like that i just love very simple premise simple premise just sit down stick it on and enjoy a little bit of action and and i thought that's what this film was going to be and it was to an extent um it was just filmed and set in the cockpit so there was no cameras outside it was just in the cockpit for the whole Hmm. um very claustrophobic Really claustrophobic. Apart from the beginning bit, the majority, pretty much like the whole film, apart from maybe five minutes at the beginning, it was all in the cockpit. And it was, it's an international film. So it was, I think it was an American, American, Australian and German film. Mm. So they had American actors and, and German actors. And I'll be completely honest with you, I thought it was a dubbed film to begin with. So <laughs> first five minutes, I was like, right, after that platform scenario that we did, I thought, <laughs> right, let's change this straight away. So I went on the subtitles and it started with subtitles. So I thought, right, okay. And for some reason there was no, it wasn't dubbed. It was, it was the in its original form. So it must've been filmed in English. And then there was subtitles for, for, for German speaking. And it just didn't, especially at the beginning, it didn't look right. It looked like it was dubbed, but I could not for the life of me get it into the original original language, if that makes sense. There was no subtitles for English. So All right, that's what... therefore that mean, meant it couldn't go into its original hmm. language. So then you needed subtitles, if that makes sense. So, right. yeah. So I it, was, it. It's, it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He, he stars, didn't he? Yeah. I, I thought it was a, it was an okay film. It was, it, mm-hmm. yeah, the fact that it was set in the cockpit for the whole time, it was a little bit, a little bit strange, but it was, it's, it's worth a watch. I'd like to see what you thought of it. It was, um, I guess quite, ori- quite original in that way then, because you don't see many that are all in one tiny space like that. All in one tiny space. And if it was looking out into the rest of the plane, it was literally through the camera from inside the cockpit. <laughs> um, so the camera at the door of the cockpit. Um, looking outside so yeah that wasn't too bad and then i've been watching i don't know if you've seen it on it's on sky or now tv it's called the comey rule um yeah i've seen it i've seen it on there yeah 
it's that's that's interesting worth a watch. Um, I really enjoyed that. It's got Jeff Daniels in playing playing Comey, and it, and that's just based on the before the, the last election and when Donald Trump came into power, um, and the behind the scenes and what went on there, um, and how he then got fired. And that's really that's really interesting. That's a four parter for four one hour. What's that on? That's on Sky or Now TV. It's a HBO right. HBO okay. documentary. Oh, I can give that a go, I think. Yeah, no, that is it's really interesting. It's it's from it? it's based on the book. He was the ex FBI director and it's based on his book. He's just written a book and it's based on that. And so now, so even though it's a so even though it's a documentary. Sorry, there are dra- do- there's drama no, as well. Yeah, so did I say it was documentary? It's not a documentary, it's oh, a okay. dramatized right. dramatized dramatized um so yeah no they've, okay. they've got someone playing donald trump they've got somebody playing all these characters um right but it obviously based on real donald events, trump. Yeah. based on real oh, who is he i um, think it's brendan gleason <laughs> yeah i think you're right yeah. i think you're right <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. I, think I think you're right um right, yeah, well, he, i'm adding that to watch list jesus christ yeah, he, Bruges, yeah. <laughs> the comb rule um is he good yeah, Jesus. yeah, he's 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 not he's not too bad actually. Okay. He's not too bad. I mean, mm. he doesn't look 100% Donald Trump, but he, he's got he, he's got him off for a, a, a well, I think. Um, and it really, I mean, I'm into it, so I sort of had knowledge of it beforehand. But anybody that isn't to find out more about what actually happened, it is it is interesting. It's quite mm. eye opening. I don't know what. Of, Frankie. Yeah, yeah, but it's I bet it's eye opening, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, other than that, that's really been it. Carrying on with the the office. And yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah what's that, what season what what season are you on now? I am on I think I'm either still on the season four. No, season five. We've gone to season five now. Yeah, oh it's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Woody, you've gotta get on that one day. That's me, boys, for the week. Okay, cool. Um, I'll jump in then. There was a few things. I won't, I won't go through it all because it'll, it'll take a bit of time. And um, Let's start with... So there's this thing on Netflix. I don't know if anyone's seen it on there. Called The Social Dilemma documentary. I want to see this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... So yeah, I mean, it's uh, essentially just yeah, documentary about social media and how without without us even knowing it all these websites that we use every day use these algorithms and techniques to um keep us coming back and i mean it's mad like that and it's it's good access actually because they talk to all these people who who actually worked for these companies and and were actually involved in developing a lot of these algorithms that they still use today um so i mean you can't get any better insight than that really um and yes, obviously it's got an agenda and it's trying to, and obviously it, the viewpoint of the filmmaker is that we should be more careful and et cetera, which we should. And it's hard to disagree with that when you look at it. Um, but, but you know what, I'd rather it, I'd rather it had a viewpoint and expressed it than didn't really make its mind up. Like, okay, I, I can understand there might be an argument for saying, present us the facts and we'll make our own mind up. But to be fair, it isn't all, it, you know, it does have some balance. Um, especially towards the end, it it does it doesn't forget to mention 
some of the many great things that social media has enabled us to do and save lives and um you know so it's not totally one-sided but yes the overriding theme and message is um just how we are becoming addicted um like i say yeah that and perhaps one of the scariest things was how we don't even realize a lot of the time so perhaps the most eye-opening thing was that these guys who worked on this and they're the ones that are developing you know these apps and how they actually get us to keep coming back and to get to regain our interest even these guys come home after a day of work and first thing they do on their phones and they're, and they're falling they're falling into all the same traps that, that we do uh-huh. um but no it was it was very well made actually um really well made um some of the stuff you already know but but actually one of the interesting things that it does that you don't always see with documentaries is it includes a little bit of dramatization so there's a few actors in there as well and so for example yeah they'll have these talking head interviews and then it'll cut to some drama like a family around a dinner table and you know you've got the kids on their phones and you've got the it just it just sort of highlights the issues that they're talking about so it just sort of brings it it just sort of brings it down to earth and and grounds what they're saying in reality so you can actually see oh, okay so that's you know that's how it has an effect on everyday life and stuff and i've read some reviews and some people didn't like that and maybe it could have been used slightly less um and also some of the dialogue as you can imagine was very cringy in terms of like a family setting like around a table um you know, trying to just be this typical family with a, a young sort of bratty, rebellious teen daughter on a phone. But I, I, I appreciated what it was trying to do. Um, so, yeah, I actually I actually really enjoyed it. And, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say give it a watch if, if you haven't yet. And that's another thing on Netflix. On it is on my list. Yeah, well, Netflix is... Every week there's somebody really... It's hard to keep up at the moment, isn't it? Uh, especially with yeah. Prime as well. There's, uh, yeah, there's all yeah. sorts of been... It's every, every time you go on, there's something. And then something else that I've seen... Oh, yeah, talking about Amazon Prime. They're doing this collection of horror films, all from the studio Blumhouse. I don't know if you've heard of them. They, they, they tend to make a lot of the modern-day horrors that you see now in cinemas. And a lot of them are Black Mirror-esque in terms of the ideas and like the futuristic sort of scenarios they deal with in terms of, like this might happen in the future and this is how it this is how it could you know all go south basically um but a lot of the films they release aren't very good as you as you know i I do like my horror and i think we all enjoy a horror um but it's not easy to find good ones and blumhouse they, they have made some good ones i think woody you spoke about last week or whenever it was you know happy death day it was a good idea but not executed very well it's there's about eight i think there's going to be eight in total um, in this collection and I watched the first one it's called Black Box and it wasn't very good sadly um, not mm-hmm. got much to say not got much to say about it it is an interesting idea the premise is this guy who's been in a car accident he's lost his wife he's been left with really severe memory loss and so he's learning to sort of try and remember his past and they're trying to piece it back together and one of the ways he tries to do that is by undergoing this experimental treatment um, where he sort of puts on this like virtual reality face mask thing and he is able to actually go into his own 
memories that are deep within his own subconscious. And that's sort of a way of piecing everything back together. But obviously it's a horror film, so things go a bit wrong and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's interesting, like it could have been better the acting really wasn't great and uh yeah i just never really got just never really got into it and with stuff like this if you're not into it in, within the first 15 minutes it's it's difficult so yeah hopefully they don't all reach that level i'd like to think that they, there are a few better ones than that um and then one other thing i'll mention i watched this last night and this is really random like I've, i'd never heard of this either so don't be surprised if you haven't it's called big wednesday <laughs> and um it's on my watch list, and as as Richie mentioned last week, um, I am adding a lot of shit to my watch list because I'm I'm reading Empire now, and if I read something that sounds interesting, I'll just you know add it to my watch list. So this must must have been one that I've read in in Empire, but just forgotten about because I looked at my watch list. I thought, what is that? When have I added that? It's like a surfing <laughs> it's like a surfing film from the, the late seventies. But it's actually really good. It's it, essentially it's all about these three guys, um, and it starts off in their younger days when they're all all they're doing is partying, you know, getting girls, going out, drinking. But it's just the it's just the aesthetic of it is so like instantly you just want to be there because it's like seventies California on the beach, these amazing like sequences with this unreal soundtrack, and it's just such a feel good film, and then the idea is what happens when these three guys start to separate. Um, obviously they get older, so it, there's a bit of jumping around in time. Um, you know, how they each deal with that. Some of them deal with it well, others don't. Um, and it's that's essentially what it's about. So it's very, very simple. Uh, I won't go any further than that. And obviously, don't want to, no spoilers. But yeah, it's just about friendship, and it's just about how these three guys come together and drift apart again. Um yeah, really easy watch. Like I said, feel good. Um, yeah, very random. I, I totally admit to watching a fucking random film. But um, yeah, I mean, not that you ever are going to watch it, but if you, if you ever see Big Wednesday, you know that you've heard it from me and it's a good film. So you've got nothing to fear. Um, I may well put it on my watch list. Yeah, I mean, it's... The actual poster, if you go on Letterboxd, is in black and white. It's not in black and white, so I don't know why it's a black and white poster. Um, yeah, I was looking at it now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's, yeah, I mean, I say it's very feel-good. There are there are sort of sadder moments, and there are a bit there are mo moments of depth and, and poignancy, but no, on the whole, it's, it's really feel-good. And um, yeah, so I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was last night, actually. There is a couple of other things I could mention, but... We've been going a while, and to be honest, I've not got too much to say about them, so uh, I'll, I'll leave it there. Mr. Woodsford, what have you got to bring to the table? Um, yeah, quite a few, but I'll, I won't mention some of them, and I'll try and keep it brief. Um, right. I watched, I did watch um, a few things on telly that were very, very good. Um, one series called Giri Hadji, which is on Netflix. Has anyone ever heard of this? Oh no, but I saw you log this. It looked interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's set in Japan, Tokyo and London, London basically. And it's kind of a bit it's going around the idea of how a butterfly effect, so if something happens in Tokyo it'll affect something in London. But it's all set around these two, two crime families basically in Tokyo 
Um, one of his sons moves to London. We think he's dead, but he pops up in London and he's looks like he's k- killed a big uh, London family members. He looks like he's killed one of them. Um, so a policeman from Tokyo goes over to London to investigate, but it all unravels and it, it's it's kind of is. I've not done a good job at explaining it there because it's confusing. Um, mm. But it's, ab- it's absolutely brilliant. It's on Netflix. It was made by BBC Two and some other American... I can't remember which one it is now. And it was brilliant. It really, really was. It sounds um, interesting, yeah. It's been, But unfortunately, it's been cancelled. It's been cancelled. They were going to make a season two, but it's been can- it got cancelled because of ratings. Um, what, what? But it's probably thought, one of the thought- best things... I thought you were yeah, going to say COVID. Wanted... No, no, we, we scrapped it after one season, um, and it's a real disappointment because it was it was superb, very very different. And it, if you like your crime and and all that, then it's definitely up your street. But it's told in a in a very different way. Um, some really really yeah. interesting ideas and filmmaking techniques, storytelling techniques. It's, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And I couldn't believe when I saw it got cancelled because out of all these things, and Netflix is always like renewing Ozark and all this yeah. stuff. They keep making yeah. seasons of that. And then something original black. comes along. <laughs> yeah, oh my Christ, how many of them have they done? <laughs> and when something something original comes along and they get rid of it after one season, it's stupid, really annoying. But check it out. If you, if you it's, fancy it. It's interest, interesting that Very it was cancelled because of ratings because I'm looking at it it's got lots of really good ratings, lots of good reviews. Yeah, I know. That's why that's why it's disappointing because they leave it in a perfect place as well from, there's so much more they can do, really. And that, that's, what, mm. that's why it's disappointing. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get it really. When 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 Netflix are churning out all this stuff, why, why are they not going to give that another go and give it another season? Um, it's really disappointing really disappointing but check it out though because I think you both enjoy it actually it's very very good mm. um, the other thing I watched I finished watching All or Nothing Tottenham Hotspur which is on Amazon Prime oh uh, yeah I've started it now so it's yeah oh have you okay so it's um, one of the oh, it's fourth or fifth of the All or Nothing series from Amazon um, and I've I've not seen them all, but I'd say this is much better than the Man City one they did last year or the year before. I think it was 2018, 19. Yeah. Um, that was actually unwatchable at times because it was so cringy and <laughs> oh god, it was just a it was just a shambles, really. Whereas this was real step up in the filmmaking. The access is, is amazing. And just that everything about it is just so much better. It feels like they've, they've actually got much more of a story and a you kind of rooting for the players, and it's really, really, really good. Jose Marino is just oh what a guy. He's so funny. He's really not how the media. Yeah, he swears. Him. He swears. He's so really much, not like that he? at all. He's just a. Yeah, yeah. He's got a proper potty mouth. He's really funny to watch, but he just comes across as a much nicer guy than you think mm. that he's going to be as well. Which I didn't expect. Um, yeah, but no, that's that's pretty good. How many are you in? Because it is nine episodes. It's a lot. But... Yeah, I'm only about three, so I'm yeah, early stages. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's very good. I, I really did enjoy it. 
Um, massive step up from Man City, what needed. Um, mm. Another watch on Prime, which took me by surprise. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was messaging you boys when I was watching this. I wasn't enjoying it. I was thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, this is awful. It wasn't my choice. But then I ended up quite liking it, to my surprise. Uh, the Big Sick, it's called. Oh, yeah. America. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, when it came it's out. Another Prime. Didn't... People liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was getting really, really high ratings. An hour in, I was thinking, God, not for me, <laughs> this. This is pretty terrible. But without ruining it, something happens halfway through and it, it does make you sit up and think, oh, right, okay. And it goes down a different road. Because at the start, it feels very generic. It feels like you've, just, you've seen this kind of thing before. Um, but then it turns into... it it does change its ways and it's much better for it. And I ended up quite enjoying the second half. Um, real turnaround, a film of two halves for sure. Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, you Jack, out of the two, two of my colleagues here, I think you were one that would like it the most. Yeah. I'm not surprised <laughs> by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I because I was like you, I'd seen it, it got all these really high ratings. So part of me was just intrigued anyway, because not my kind of thing, but yeah, I think Crisis for rom-com, it's getting really, really high praise. And yeah, it, it was good. It turned itself around. Turned itself around. Oh, cool. Um, and then a few more, because one that I want to, well, both, I do need to talk about both of these actually. Um, one is a British independent film on Netflix called Rocks, oh, which I watched. you love. Yeah, you love this, didn't you? Yes, this was amazing. It really, really was. Um, it's a little British independent film. Um, it had a very limited run in, in cinemas because of coronavirus. Um, and it's 90 minutes, so obviously Pep will be pleased with that. And <laughs> And it's also it's also directed by it's directed by the lady who directed um, Suffragette, which is a film that favourite. Oh, we loved that, didn't we? Did, did we all go and see that. Yeah. I think we all went and saw that. Yeah, the yeah. island. The island. Yeah. Oh, good times. Yeah. 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 So it was Sarah Gavron is her name. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's ba- it's basically about it's set in London, um, and it's these group of teenage girls, um, and the main character who's called Rox is a nickname. Uh, her mum is suffering with mental health problems. She just basically walks out on her and her son, a younger, a younger son one day um, and leaves them to, to fend for themselves, basically. And the way that we tell the story um, seemed very, very believable. It seemed, it felt relatable throughout of it. It felt grounded. Um, it, was, it was really, really incredible, actually. It's up there with one of the best I've seen this year, no doubt. Um, hmm. and, it just, it, and a lot of it's just these group, the groups of the, the girls in school and all their conversations and the mischief that they go up to. And it, it's funny at times, it's sad at times. It's got an amazing soundtrack. A lot of the soundtrack's all female artists as well. And a lot of the film is just, just a lot of girls in the film as well. And it's absolutely the- brilliant. Uh, it's on Netflix it on the- as well, which makes it 
Yeah, was this the one that you mentioned? Cool. It, it was a bit like um, similarities with Florida Project. Florida Project, yeah, yeah. And also, um, it was reminded me, do you remember Mustang? Did you, did you see that, that film? I, I didn't see it, but I do did remember it? it. Yeah, so it also reminded me of that because there's a group of young girls and just them navigating the their way around life and stuff. Here. Yeah, honestly, lads, you, you should watch it. Um, I yeah. think it's, abso- yeah. it's absolutely superb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's on my watch list, and it does sound like a really good little story. Yeah. So, mm. and it's great to support and... a British independent film. Well, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. And I, I was really a lot of the actors you don't know, which is another good thing. Like you don't know most of them; they're all fresh out of. But a lot of it was um, actually the reason they came up with the ideas and the characters was the Sarah Gavron uh, did workshops with some with just groups of young people who went to inner city schools and um, talked about their um, lives and their struggles of growing up in London and to poor mm. families. And that. So I think that's that's why, again, it's something that you find out after you've watched it, because I was just on Google and um, just adds another sense of realism to it. So it makes me appreciate it a bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, do honestly, lads, do watch it. It's one of the best films, yeah, one of the best films of the year, I'd say. So, okay. definitely check that out. Mm. And and finally, and finally, oh, crimes I want to on, end on, a, on a debate here with, yeah. with my learned colleague, Mr. J. Well, Clark. it might be hard to it might be hard to debate too much. Here. I did see it a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the film is called it. Ready Player One. On Amazon Prime, Ready Player One. Um, it had been something I wanted to watch for a while because it was Spielberg and... Well, it was a huge blockbuster when it came out. cool from the trailer. Yeah. Well, you couldn't move for... Um, I remember we got it. I reckon it was on every single trailer before we watched it. Oh, right, it. yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was mental. You couldn't move for it. <laughs> so it was on Prime and I thought, oh, yeah, I fancy a bit of an adventure film I'll, yeah I'll give this a go Sunday night why not what a load of shite oh Honestly, yeah it, wasn't it was that bad. awful it was awful everything uh, I mean it's just such a boring non-story <laughs> it's just oh my god it's painful but it's every single minute there was a reference a pop culture reference to something I think this would have been. I reckon this would have been one of the worst films to see in a cinema ever, because you would have had these geek. Oh, I can't remember what was it. Deadpool that we went to, and every time, <laughs> so every time someone said something, time. yeah, they said, oh, oh, I know that, I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Trying to show off in front of their friends, it would have been impossible to hear any dialogue because every thirty seconds there's a there's someone there's an obscure eighties pop reference like Duran Duran or whatever. It's just. Absolutely all over the place. It really, really poor. Well, you gave and it I, one and I, a half. I can't believe what was the what was the one and a half for? <laughs> um, <laughs> for some good moments, the shining moment, for example, was pretty uh, good. Looked pretty cool. Uh, what's he called? Uh, Ty Sheridan. He wasn't. I thought he was not bad in the lead role. Yeah, he, he was all right. There's some good actors in there. 
obviously Simon Pegg and a lot of British there's a lot of British actors <laughs> American yeah so how can you not like it then <laughs> <laughs> because we're playing Yanks but I, I don't understand why Spielberg why he cast so many British British actors because I don't think it was a British comic so I don't understand why or mm-hmm. uh, not novel graphic novel book I don't understand why there were so many Brits in there Mark Rylance was in there he, he was actually the best thing in it oh yeah um, Christ yeah yeah, didn't Mark Rylance play God. play the creator of the whole world thing? The creator, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's some some of those scenes were pretty well put together. It looked all right, but it was just absolutely dire. It, the plot is so simple. It's just here's three MacGuffins. You got to go and find them. There you go. That's it. That's it. Mm. Nothing, well, nothing else happens. It's just so boring. I'm just coming. I'm surprised you used that word though. They are boring. Like obviously, I don't remember every every little thing, but the one thing I I do remember is just sort of not being bored at all. Like it's such a visual feast. Like there's so many special effects going on, and I thought it looked really good on the big screen. Um, yeah. So it's strange to hear that word used because even if you're not sort of liking the story and you, you don't think it's you know you, the references are a bit of a pain and all that, to actually be bored. I, it must because there's yeah there is a lot going on but I guess you obviously just didn't get into it from, right from the start and then no if you're not if you're not rooting for the characters then it's always going to be a struggle isn't it I think that's that's yeah. the problem um, it did have and and, and and I didn't I didn't like it purely for the Back to the Future by the way <laughs> as we all know I well, yeah. no 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 yeah. but but there are, there are many references yeah like like you say and, I should give it a rewatch, maybe, because. But yeah, I saw it in the big screen when it was released, and um, maybe maybe that actually helped with the with the experience. I know, yeah. I know you said it, yeah. I know you said it wouldn't because full of algae screaming out. Oh, I know that, I know that. But I don't think, I don't yeah. think from I don't think from memory. Maybe I went during the day or something, and it was quieter. But because um, mm. you know they are making a Ready Player Two very imaginative sequel. Oh, name. Yeah. oh no, we're not. <laughs> Well, whether oh, they, I didn't know that. Whether oh. they are now because of COVID, but yeah, I think they are. Yeah. Um, Christ. Well, we're not reviewing that, lads. I'm making <laughs> a decision for us. Christ Almighty. Yes. yes oh yes. dear. Fair enough. Though. Oh no, well, it's just terrible. Terrible. Well, that's two of us. We need, we need one of, or both of Pepster and Richie to vote on this one then. I don't know oh, if I'm going to give up two hours of my life for it, to be completely honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, I think it's actually like more like two and a two hours twenty or something. Mm, yeah, I'll think about not, adding it to my good, watch list. Not good. I think if Richie was to see it, he would definitely uh, more than likely side with Mister Wasford. I think. Um, oh well, what a shame! Because this is one of those ones where, like, because. You're sometimes hard to read Woody because there are some way you think there's no way Woody's going to like that, and then you'll come back and report on it, and you'll say that you loved it. <laughs> and so I thought the yeah, might, yeah. like, like for example, <laughs> like for example, I was a bit surprised how much you loved uh, Knives Out, but you you really liked that, didn't you? Yeah. And um, yeah, no, yeah, very good, very but good. With so with this, I was maybe hoping for one of them surprise ones where because because on paper if yeah i would have i would have i would have guessed that this wouldn't have been up your street but i was perhaps thinking oh maybe maybe he'll maybe this will be one that he surprises us with and, and turns out that he really enjoys but obviously not 
No, unfortunately. I, w- I wanted to like it because there's some good good actors in there and mm. some decent decent things good going British on. But no, overall, it was it was just it was a bit of a mess, and I couldn't really care less about it to be honest. And uh, it was a struggle. Mm. It was a struggle. Yeah, fair enough then. So is that everything then for you this week? Yeah, yeah, that's it for me. All right then. So, unless there's anything else any of us want to say? Oh, yeah, sorry, just quickly. 007 James Bond has been pushed back yet again. Oh, yeah. For another six months or whatever it is. Yeah, right, here's here's my... Christ. (laughs) Again. Well, here's my take on this, and maybe this is worth a quick discussion because obviously it's very newsworthy. Obviously, COVID is completely annihilating the entire release schedule. I mean... The release schedule for 2021 is essentially going to be what 2020 should have been, but <laughs> but yeah. I just want to say I just want to say that, we, and I understand, of course, I understand why they've done it. And, and if you're the studio, I can't remember which studio it is that that deals with Bond, but look, I get it. They understand that if they release the film now or in November when they were going to, I mean, don't, a lot of people would have gone to see it, but they know that obviously nothing like what should be going to see it for a Bond film. But I'm just of the opinion now that if you look at the dire straits that the cinemas are in, yeah. um, if, if you're a massive studio like that, and this is why I, 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 I quite like what Nolan's done with Tenet, he could have easily not released it, but he released it anyway. And, mm. if, and even though it didn't perhaps do as well as he would have liked, um, at least it got, at least it, got people going and spending their money at the cinema. And I think I, I was really yeah. disapp- disappointed to see that Bond had made that decision because if I'm them, especially also from a PR point of view, I know it's a bit selfish, but if, if, if you say, no, we are releasing this film in November because we want people to support their cinemas, get in there, see this film. So I, I think that's a big shame that they've decided not to do that. And now, as we've already seen with, was it Cineworld, Picture House and others, I'm sure that I've not read about, they are having to temporarily, um, yeah. until the end of the year, close their doors, and and the and the, the effect that's going to have on those, I don't know, huge chains like Odeon and View. I'm I'm not necessarily saying uh, oh poor old Odeon because Christ, they're, they're not short of money, but for the smaller ones, this will also affect them. And um, I yeah, agree. I was just I was disappointed because I think they could have they could have been the flag bearer, and I know Nolan's already done it, but Bond is arguably much bigger could have said look we're going to stick to our release cinemas at least you can count on us even if nothing else is out there's a new bond film for you to you know get your doors mm. up, get your doors open and i don't know if you agree boys but that's what i think i do I, I completely agree i i thought it was a i mean i understand like you it's a financial decision but i it really has put me off going to watch it because they could have quite easily said, yeah, I, this, this yeah. film is going to, they could have said it, November, okay, like you say, Jack, I mean, the Odeon, yeah, the Odeon are a big chain, but they are, I think I read somewhere, they're, yeah, showing, they're still struggling. They're yeah, shutting yeah. half their doors during the week. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're and, not and opening during Monday to Friday for half their cinemas. Because and they, lots they can't of this, afford, there's no point. Well, Woody, I was surprised to hear the other day that Woody's local never Odeon. opened. Yeah, it's not even reopened, which I didn't realise. Um, so and even I, the biggest of them are struggling. The bi- yeah, it's yeah. completely on its knees. And they could have, and you're absolutely right, they could have said, no, we are, we're going to open it up because it's British cinema. And God, 
Bond of all films. The British you know, saviour. But yeah, but a British franchise, <laughs> and you know they they could have. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like the cinemas can't be flipping COVID safe. They are COVID safe. I mean, yeah, you can I, very I easily about, sit two seats apart. Yeah, I had a cleaner yeah. five times going up and down my cinema during Tenet. So there's no <laughs> reason why that is not a safe environment. It's um, actually much safer than uh, getting on the tube every morning to go to work or yeah. all these other oh, things well, yeah. people are still doing. Yeah. So they could have. It's one of the safest things you can do. Kept it, uh, kept them open, and you know, or if they financially could, and that film could have, could have kept the cinemas going through the winter. Yeah, and and um, you know, even even with the acceptance of, we're going to lose a bit of money. I guarantee you, it's a Bond film. People are going to see it. You know, people are going to go and see it. And and what they what mm. they also maybe what they also maybe could have done is. You know, release it in November, but then uh, maybe strike up some deal with one of the streaming platforms to say, right, first of January or yeah. something, yeah. we'll put it on Netflix or we'll put it on Prime or you know, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm. I was really gutted to see that, and yeah, it has made me sort of. I mean, yes, I will see it, but yeah, I'm just disappointed because at a time like this, you know, Bond could have been been right there, front and center, and said. You know, here you are, cinemas. But no, they didn't. They took it away from them. I don't know when I'm let's go to a cinema now. This is quite annoying. Because Odeon's short. Cineworld's short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like that. I, I looked on but the... Was a co- the other day, because I was like... I think it was the weekend or last weekend. I thought, you know what? I really enjoyed going to see Tenant and sitting for a couple of hours just in that cinema... Just watching it, and I thought yeah, it was it was a, it was an escape, wasn't it? It was a bit of an escape, and I thought, you know what? I'll go on the cinema, yeah. even if it's a remake, yeah. even if it's a rewatch or something like that. I'll just go for the sake of six quid. The ch- tickets are cheap there at the minute. Let me go, you know, Saturday afternoon. Let's see. And you know what? They had absolutely nothing. They had a David that David Attenborough documentary. Other than that, they had nothing on. They had football. They they, they were playing football matches on there. <laughs> um, play the Premier League, but it, you know that's that's it. And I was just like, "What a sad state of affairs." So I, don't, I I agree, Woody. I don't know when I'm gonna go back. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite sad to think about. And I just hope. And then there are so many other industries also struggling. So let's just make it clear: we're not only bothered about cinemas. We obviously we want everyone to come through this, and we want all. All industries to be able to, and obviously Joe, your industry struggling as well, the theatre industry, and mm-hmm. um, but obviously as we are a film podcast, we're obviously focusing on cinemas, and um, yeah, I just really hope that they can get through it, and we can we can get back to some sort of normalcy because obviously even before COVID hit, for years there's been talk of cinemas, you know, more people moving on to streaming, illegal streams, people not even paying for films. Um, and now with this, it's just hopefully it's not the final nail in the coffin. But I tell you what, it's certainly going to be it's going to be a, a difficult thing for them to recover from. And yeah, I I, 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 I hate to imagine a world where because look, yes, it's great to be able to just turn on your laptop and watch a film on Netflix. And don't get me wrong, I do I do really enjoy these streaming platforms and. 
and the variety that's on there is great. But you just can't beat the cinema experience with the, the massive screen, the great sound, and just that escapism, like getting out of your house and just... And also, I would, I would, one thing I would really miss is, is being sat in a screen full of other, you know, film fans who are all getting into it as one, you know, laughing together. You know, that, that sort of environment that you get, you don't get that on your own sat watching a film, do you? So, yeah, I think we just really hope that next year we start to see films actually get released. And I'll tell you what, can you imagine if we get to April and they push it back again? Jesus. The thing that annoys me is that Bond series has been dying, I think. The last few have been very, very poor. Mm-hmm. Now, well, I, I like it stuff. doesn't even need to... We've discussed it to death, haven't we? What, what, what needs to... Yeah, but we've discussed it to death with the problems. Yeah, and, yeah. The production and production company and all that, but it doesn't even need to be that good. I just think, as you said, just going out there and seeing Bond is the ultimate British yeah, thing. Yeah. It would just be so good before Christmas, and it'll just tie all these guys over, all the cinemas over until mm. Christmas, and then maybe have a look at the situation again. January is always a quiet year, no matter what industry it is retail, yeah, um, arts, whatever. But now, I mean, this is, I think this is, I think you're right, Clarky. I think it's going to be very, very difficult to recover from this for the big boys if they're making mm. these decisions. Because uh, June was also postponed, wasn't it? To, yeah. Uh, 2021, late 2021. Um, and well, what, them, yeah. my, I was saying to Pep before, I was saying to Pep before, Western Odeon hasn't even opened. Sydney World is now shut. The, the local independent Curzon, which is about 10 minutes away, that is going to reopen again on Friday. But I looked at the showings and they're, they're not very good. We've got, we've got Tenet on, but I don't want to see that again. <laughs> um, Are they showing St. Maud? And we've got David Attenborough's. We've got David Attenborough's. No, no, we're not. Mm. I looked. Well, not yet, but they're not anyway. Mm. They're not done that far in advance. Uh, they're showing David Attenborough's documentary, which Pep was saying then was in his cinema. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how they're going to survive. It's, it's scary, isn't it? What are you going to do? I really don't know, but I was I was thinking this the other day and I thought, right, COVID hit March and there was no more filming. Surely, to God, there was more films in, that, in sort of post-production or, you know, pretty much finished before yeah, March yeah. that they could put in or on the big screen. Surely yeah. it wasn't just Tenet and Bond. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, there would have I mean, been loads. How many yeah. films come out every month? You know, so I re- that that is something yeah. that I yeah okay March everybody locked down. You couldn't go to work. You couldn't do anything. Right, get that. So they couldn't go into the editing studios and do all their editing. But I mean, something Coronation Street's been filming since June. You know, yeah. so yeah. So how, from June till now, is somebody not been in an editing hey, studio Pepster, Pepster. editing these there's a, films together? There's only, there's only two things that can survive an apocalypse. Cockroaches and Corey. Sorry. It's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, there must have been plenty of stuff. You know, and also, even if they weren't the big things. Well, that, that, film I was just, that film I was just talking about. Yeah. Rocks. That was in the cinema. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. That, that was 2020. Yeah. That, that had a very mm. limited running in independent cinemas. 
Um, and now it's on Netflix because obviously the situation and not many people have been showing it. Yeah. Um, but that just proves that, yeah, you're right. There has been films coming out this year. I know loads of them have been on Netflix anyway, haven't they? Yeah. Like what we've just been reviewing. And Disney, yeah. Disney's been Five putting and Man- Disney's been putting their films on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, like the one well, I'm annoyed cinemas about. Cinemas weren't happy about that, though, were they? Well, no, damn right they wouldn't be. And uh, but the, the, another big shame is the next Pixar film again was meant to be obviously released in cinemas, but now they're going to release it on Disney's own platform. So it's just one big blow oh, after another. Right, okay. Mm. Yeah, well, that Disney Plus, you had to pay twenty quid to watch Mulan, didn't you, or whatever. It yeah, was. even if you, even if you even were if a subscriber you subscribe to it, you still had to pay twenty quid. I mean, it's talk like, about oh. terrible, a slap in the face of people who are already struggling. Yeah, we but could I talk just, about I, this all night. We could, we really could. I know we've got to wrap up, but I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I really don't understand why they could not, with all the films that are going out, and maybe it's the cinemas to blame to an extent. Because look. We would go on, I mean, like I said, you'd go on the app or you'd go online and you think Saturday afternoon or whenever in the evening, I'm going to go watch a film. It doesn't have to be a blockbuster. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a billion pound. pound. Yeah, just some, instead of just all the, I mean, Harry Potter, they're putting Harry Potter on or whatever, I think I saw the other day. You know, yeah, okay, do some of them, but pick some more niche films, some more unique Mm -hmm. films. Yeah, this is a perfect opportunity. You're opening your doors anyway. The ones that are open, just stick some on, and people might wander in, or they might people, look and go. I'll go watch that. You know, oh, people would go, and you could do, and you could do like different, like one week you could have a a '90s week, and then you could have a family week, and then you could have a yeah. horror week. There, there are so many things you could do. God, yeah, it just mm. seems like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to be in their position. I want to, you know, I bet they're struggling like hell, but. Maybe they they are to blame to an extent for not maybe thinking out of the box and thinking right what could we do like you say Jack let's put a you know family day Saturday afternoon these are all the family films and then like horror night or something like I don't know yeah I bet people would yeah because people will go out people people aren't just stuck in anymore people will go out and do things I do not understand why you can't why we can't open up because you can it's probably the easiest place to social distance Mm. yeah yeah yeah. You, just, you can do the seating arrangements absolutely perfectly. Mm. So I, I don't understand it at all mm. why why they're all closing. Because yeah, I know it's under a roof, but on Saturday I went for a swim and I shared water in a pool with... Well, it's all in <laughs> lanes. And it's in lanes, but you're going round clockwise so you couldn't overtake or anything like that. So I just go like that in the lane for 50 minutes. Why am I allowed to do that in a swimming pool and then go into a changing room after I have a shower and I can't go and sit down and watch Tenet or, yeah. or James Bond on the big screen? Yeah, it no doesn't make sense. In, with no one else in my row. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I, I'm no. just so confused by the whole the whole thing. I, I, well, It's just disappointing. It's sad because... Yeah, no, but I really would have... I really would have liked to have seen The Devil All the Time on a big screen. On yeah. a oh, that would have been awesome. On a Saturday, Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Saturday night, watching that on a big, yeah. big screen. Yeah. Perfect for it. And you um, can tell, like, and I, I know made Netflix, for it. Made for a big screen. And I know Netflix films now, even if they are made for Netflix, the production value, the budget, the, the mm. role, you know, the, the quality has, has skyrocketed. So now you watch a Netflix film. 
and it's you know it's the highest quality production but with this one especially and you look at it and you think it would actually massively benefit even though it was a great film it would really benefit from having that experience and having the better sound and you know because we talked about then the southern accent and the slight mumble maybe that wouldn't have been such a big issue if we'd seen it in the cinema and there, and there are so many people like us who I mean, yes, there are people who wouldn't want to go, even if they were open, but there are thousands and thousands of people like us who love films and they would be more than happy to mm. take, take, take a little risk, even though, I, like Woody says, I don't think it is a risk when you look at the other stuff people are doing and go and, and, and yeah, enjoy a film the way it's meant to be seen. And so many people would do that. So, yeah, I, I just, this is a great opportunity for, Matt, for these studios to actually help out the industry that they serve but they're deciding to just basically leave them, you know, leave them stranded. Yeah. And then next year, yeah. and then and then, yeah. and then next and next year when they actually want to release Bond, oh, we can't release it now because we haven't got a cinema to release it into. <laughs> yeah, no. so we are going to stream yeah, anyway. Gone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to yeah, so we're going to stream it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think VR screws VR the production companies are screwing over the cinemas. If I was a cinema, I'd be very annoyed at them personally. Yeah. And surely it's in Not the it, it's in the studio's interests. It's in their interests cinema, yeah. to keep cinemas alive. Anyway, it's a sad situation, and obviously we hope it gets better. And that message is endorsed by Film Night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, great discussion. Thanks, Pep, for bringing that up because we almost uh, yeah. forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But on that note, I think I'm right in saying we have wrapped up this episode. Thanks for listening once again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully next week, Richie Withers will be, uh, well, recovered. Obviously, everyone here sends out his sends out our well wishes to Richie. Yeah. But it was great, lads. I think we did a sterling job. I think so. Yes, we did. We did a very good job. All right. So if unless anyone's got anything else to say, which I already know they don't, please uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or Acast or Stitcher or Google Podcasts or I think we're pretty much on them all, aren't we, boys? So yeah. go and find us on your favourite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at filmlight underscore film news on there daily. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. It's a goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. Well, it's goodbye from me. And it's kind of funny how the Lord made the bee and the bee made the honey and the honeybee looking for a home. And they call it a honeycomb and they roam the world and they gathered all of the honeycomb in the one sweet fall and the honeycomb from a million trips. Made my baby's lips so honeycomb I want you be my baby Well, the honeycomb be my own Got a hank of hair and a piece of bone They made a walking and talking Honeycomb, well, honeycomb I want you be my baby Well,